He'll run it. Williams looking. Touchdown, Trojans. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. We will get to ranking college quarterbacks and how to bet them for the upcoming season in just a bit. But Adam Schefter just tweeted moments ago that the Vikings are releasing running back Dalvin Cook. He is now available in the free market. And even though Dalvin Cook really you know, wasn't the name and the face of the Vikings offense last season like he had been in prior years, in large part because now the new coaching staff, new front office, definitely passing the ball is a, is a much bigger priority for the Vikings, as it should be. At the same time, this could have some serious implications as far as when the Vikings have a lead in the fourth quarter or how reliable the running game can be in key situations. And certainly for fantasy players, that also matters a great deal. And so, Joe, uh, as far as this news, anything stand out to you or anything that you want to keep in mind going forward pertaining to the Vikings? Yeah, uh, there's going to be a lot of focus on the name. And, okay, now we go to Madison. And that, that's a guy that I always felt, hey, did they miss that much when Cook was out? Now, I know Cook was on that short list of of running back. Let's say he'd miss a game where the line might move a half a point, possibly. Um, it, that would not happen for most running backs. But I think we go back to whether we're talking about Saquon or with what was going on with Eckler or Cook. The value of running backs, I, that that's a real thing. It's, it's something that teams are showing by their actions, eh, well, let's just get another guy. We'll be all right. We've gotten a few good years out of him. We know the end is near. We can get a replaceable player, and we'll be okay. E- even with situations like this, n- names on that short list of the most impactful running backs, it, it could be any of them. So now you're going to, on their depth chart, it's Alexander Madison. He's had a bunch of run, but he's never been the workhorse guy. Can he be the workhorse guy? And then a bunch of no names after that. Ty Chandler's on their depth chart. They uh, they drafted, I believe, Dwayne McBride. So, yeah, that's it's really interesting in what is a wide open NFC North. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Um, you know, there are rumors that he could that the Jets could be interested. Of course, you've got Brees. Hall coming off that ACL tear as he, you know, works his way back. Maybe picking up someone like Dalvin Cook could be a good person to have there in terms of depth at the running back position. Or even another team that relied heavily on their running back, Kenneth Walker and the Seahawks. Like, uh, you know, maybe some situations where teams rely, you know, more on the running back position and there's some questions there, you know, could be intriguing to uh, take a look at someone like Dalvin Cook. Yeah, yeah Cook, Cook coming off his fourth straight 1,000-yard campaign, 52 career touchdowns. I think one of the reasons why he was able to get to quadruple digits as far as rushing yards is concerned is because the Vikings uh, were out to some sizable leads. And, and granted, it, it, was, it was one of those things where you, you do run the ball when you do have a lead, and the Vikings uh, have become more analytically sound as far as that's concerned instead of relying on the ground attack to be able to win football games. Uh, Perhaps we saw less of that last year. But again, he is a name. He will have multiple suitors. He's only 27 years of age. And he can still be an impactful contributor. And I think also, too, it suggests that as far as the dollars and cents go with the Vikings, 
you don't necessarily want to lose a running back with that name, you know, probably more for business sense than anything else. Uh, But Mm -hmm. the Vikings aren't playing around anymore. And I think it's, if nothing else, an indicator that they're thinking about these things and going about these things the right way. And I agree with you, Joe, like Madison will get more carries now. Can he be the guy? Can he be the workhorse? To me, I think he certainly can. And it may not impact how I think of the Vikings as far as how I'm going to bet on them this season. But it certainly suggests that the Vikings are headed in the right direction. And I think Mm -hmm. that is really important. Good point about them being a more analytically sound organization. And they add Jordan Addison. They bring him in to go opposite Justin Jefferson. Some of the guys that that are past their prime, they moved on from, like Thielen. And it would make sense for them to make a move at running back like this. This from Underdog NFL. Alexander Madison has just five career games with 20-plus rushing attempts. Here's his rushing yards in those five games. 112, 113, 90, 95, 112. That sounds to me like you're not missing a beat when Madison is in overcook. That I think that's it. And I somebody's gonna get excited, and there are a lot gonna be a lot of fan bases today saying, Yeah, we need to get Delvin Cook, we need to get Delvin Cook. But uh the team mm-hmm. that knows him better than anyone, they decided to move on. So I yep. I would not overpay for Cook. I think we've seen yeah, you don't really need to pay overpay for any running back. It's probably not right. getting you're probably not getting a ton of value. I, I mean, mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott knows this about as well as anybody, uh, formerly with the Cowboys. Uh, Adam Schefter uh, also tweeted out that the Dolphins and the Broncos are two of the teams that are expected to have an interest in signing Cook once he is officially released per sources. Uh, there will likely be others, but uh, those might be the two front runners as far as Cook's services are concerned. Again, don't need to overpay for running backs. It's a sign that the Vikings are uh, doing things uh, the right way. And... You know, I think if uh, Cook joins either team, then, you know, you have to look at those offenses, the Dolphins or the Broncos, uh, in a slightly different light. But again, don't worry too much about running backs, uh, especially if they have a lot of mileage on them. Okay, Mm -hmm. so now let's move on to uh, college quarterbacks. And The Athletic came out with a rather in-depth article that groups college quarterbacks for next season into tiers. And the top tier is Caleb Williams out of USC all by himself. The second tier, Drake May and Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington. Drake May from North Carolina. And then you've got a group in tier three, group in tier four, and things like that. And first off, Joe, sort of a general thought I had about how we should take this information and bet on it going forward. So when I was at the Power Rank for a couple of years, I did an annual Heisman betting preview podcast. And one of the things that I noticed when handicapping Heisman futures was that if you're dealing with a quarterback who's been in the same system with the same coaches for a few years, that's good as far as overall trends are concerned. But if you're looking at a Heisman winner or a team making the playoff, what you want are outliers. And there are many examples of this, but perhaps the most notable involves Joe Burrow, formerly out of LSU. Here's a guy who, uh, he had some decent high school numbers, or decent, got to go to Ohio State, 
lost the quarterback battle there. And I don't think it was a bad battle to lose. Like, I'm not saying Ohio State did the wrong thing not going with Joe Burrow. They probably did the right thing. And then Joe Burrow Mm -hmm. goes to LSU. And perhaps we forget that his first year as the starting quarterback there was not good. Anything about it was unmemorable, to say the least. But then all of a sudden, Joe, Joe Brady becomes the passing game coordinator for LSU, and suddenly Joe Burrow becomes an absolute legend, winning the Heisman mm-hmm. Trophy, becoming the first overall pick in the NFL draft. And he has continued to be a legend with the Cincinnati Bengals. So in terms of, say, win totals, maybe a good team winning the conference, yeah, these tiers are important and overall trends are important, but if you're looking at those outlier bets, like the Heisman, making the playoff, all of that stuff, then you need to look for that perfect storm, the new offensive coordinator, the quarterback that we're not talking about very much, maybe a quarterback who's really young, like a true freshman or a redshirt freshman, something like that. That's how I read this article, Joe. Yes, and it's also a a good college football primer as you go down the list over their five tiers and you're reminded, oh, wait, oh yeah, Devin Leary did go to Kentucky. And wait, oh, this guy went to Slovis, BYU, or DJ is at Oregon State, which is going to be very strange this coming season. So uh, it, it updates you there. And the people that put this together, like Feldman being one of them, he's as plugged in with coaching staffs as as well as anyone. And like they, they have all of these guys ranked. So I kind of take it to heart. I, I love a lot of the lists that he ends up putting together. And number one that stands out is, yes, we know about Heisman winner, Caleb Williams. We know about all that. And he's going to be your one, one pick. But mm-hmm. some of the chatter has been, yeah, he's great. But you know what? There's going to be a few quarterbacks that are really really good in this draft but they made sure to isolate Caleb Williams by himself tier one is just Caleb Williams and at the jump that was the most notable thing to me that and in the in the short write-up they're like Trevor Lawrence Joe Burrow Caleb Williams that that's how how awesome they think he's going to be this season and at the next level so that jumped out to me as well because I'm like, oh, uh, who's in tier one? I'm like, oh, it's just Caleb Williams. So then I started mm-hmm. looking at it. Obviously, we saw what Lincoln Riley was able to do with this team last year. They exceeded expectations. They've they've really benefited from the transfer portal this off season. I really started to think, you know, at fourteen to one. There's some value with USC and the Trojans. They have a pretty soft schedule to start the season, and then they've got some tougher competition, of course, within the Pac-12. You know, um, they they know those they know each other so well. But I think that you know, at fourteen to one, you've got the best quarterback in college football. You're still getting better. There's more continuity there with Lincoln Riley, with Caleb Williams. That this team should be a lot better, and I I think it's a good number. Aaron, I think you and I are on the same page as far as this important point and one of the big takeaways I had from this article in the first place. I think the Pac-12 is getting a playoff team this year. Williams out of USC, Penix out of Washington, Bo Nix out of Oregon, even UCLA has five-star recruit Dante Moore, all while the program continues to come together under Chip Kelly. Again, that continuity you're talking about. There are a lot of really good quarterbacks in the Pac-12, and I find it hard to believe that they're just going to just 
beat up on each other or that they're all overrated. And ultimately, none of these teams will make the college football playoff. This is going to be a really interesting year because, again, you know, we see it every year. Okay, there are probably two or three great teams in the SEC, two great teams in the Big Ten. The Big 12 is a bit of an unknown here. But you look at the collection of talent among these conferences, and no conference can really get more than two teams in. Notre Dame will be perhaps a bit of a spoiler. But this isn't Mm -hmm. a year where it's painfully obvious who the four or five uh, best teams are to where it's going to knock out entire conferences immediately. This is a year where maybe there's a Big 12 team or, or I think a Pac-12 team will sneak in and be, say, that third or fourth team that can make the playoff. And because there are so many good quarterbacks out on the West Coast, I do think this is finally the year that the Pac-12 will get a team in for the first time in a while, Joe. Well, and something else that also stood out here among these tiers is I'm going to go to the negative side where there are some very short Heisman odds on some popular popular teams, popular names out there that this article is not buying into because they're short odds and they put these quarterbacks in the fourth tier. When you're the Notre Dame quarterback, you're going to get buzz. You're going to get chatter. And, you know, Hartman has the ceiling to be one of the best that we've seen at Notre Dame. But they put him in the fourth tier. His Heisman odds are 15 to 1. 15 to 1, and they did not list him as a top 10 quarterback with all the tiers that are are listed above Hartman. I thought that was really interesting, and they brought up the number of turnovers. So he's got to get that under control at South Bend. And another one, a team with a very high win total, short Heisman odds, but also tier four, Jordan Travis, Florida State. The win total on the Knolls is nine and a half, and his, his Heisman odds, 12 to 1, their title odds only 18 to 1 for Florida State. So I'm also taking a look at that and saying, okay, they're they're not completely buying into Hartman and Travis. Yeah, that's a good point. I focused more on the Pac 12 when I looked at this, so I didn't look at that, but I think uh, factoring in the win totals is a good look when taking these quarterback tiers into consideration. Yeah. The Irish eight and a half win total, so the market likes but doesn't love the Irish. I'm with you, Joe, that, you know, Hartman is someone I'm going to look at as far as Heisman odds are concerned during the season, but not at this point. Bo Nix is not someone I'm looking at for the Heisman because, again, you know, he's been around for such a long time and you need that perfect storm to win the Heisman, and I just don't think he's going to have that. But where I do think there's value in backing Bo Nix is Oregon over nine and a half wins at plus 105. Looking at their okay. schedule, and granted, it's college football. There's probably one game that you're not supposed to lose that you will, but that fringe game could be what against Texas Tech or Utah, but it's also assuming that you don't beat USC and Washington. You could very well split those two, maybe drop a game that you shouldn't, and you still get to 10 wins and at plus money. I think Oregon over nine and a half offers some real value. Yeah, yeah, there's um, – we'll get back to this as we get closer to the college football season. But there's also names that have zero chance of winning the Heisman, but at smaller schools, win totals that are not posted at most places yet, that I'm going to keep an eye on. Maybe I do something there, whether we're talking about Frank Harris, UTSA. Of course, there's still Grayson McCall hanging around, Michael Pratt, Tulane. Those will be interesting names that we'll hear talked about this fall. 
This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Today's MLB card will be discussed right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM.